Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in High Fidelity. I want to live in a world where it is so normal for women to talk about goddess culture that none of us whisper about it politely, that we don't save it for our circle talk once a month around the full moon, or that we don't apologetically describe ourselves as woo-woo in air quotes when we want to share all the things that make us who we are in our woo-ness. I want to own the woo. And that's what I desire. Welcome to the Goddess Diaries with your host, Dom Champagne. Come explore what it means to be a modern woman who dares to remember her sacred self. Why, hello there, and welcome to another episode of The Goddess Diaries Radio, your place to remember your sacred self. My name is Dawn Champagne. I am the hostess and the creatrix of this radio show and the blog of the same name. And this is like the 15th time that I've tried recording this episode of the podcast, and I've had severe sound quality issues. I've had things cut out on me. I've had my episode just end randomly, and I don't know what is going on. But leave it to the energies of the goddess Lilith, you know, that kind of rebellious, chaotic energy. <laughs> and there you have it. It's all in the flow of things. So let's talk about that, shall we? This week's episode is called Healing the Wild Feminine. And it's all about the goddess Lilith. Um, let me see. You know, I took a I took a trip to L.A. last week, so I didn't do a podcast for last week. But I kind of wish I did because last week we had a really important celestial event that happened on September 30th. It was the Black Moon in Libra. And if you've taken the Manifesting with the Moon e-course, you know that a Black Moon can mean a number of different things. In astronomy and astrology... A black moon can mean the mathematical point of the moon's farthest reach from the earth in its elliptical, or it can mean that mystical but very real dust cloud orbiting the earth, also known as Waldemath moon, or it could mean the asteroid Lilith, which in astrology is referred to as dark moon Lilith, or, and this is the case of September 30th, it could mean two new moons in one calendar month or the second new moon in one calendar month. And that's a phenomenon that occurs once every 32 months approximately. And so in this case, uh, the event in question was line item number four, the second new moon in one calendar month. And also, if you've taken my course, you know that any new moon represents a new beginning. And those effects can be felt for up to six months at a time. So when you set your intentions on a new moon, for instance, in the sign of Libra, you can work with that energy for a six-month period culminating in 
the space and time when that moon becomes full in the same sign again. So black moon energy is a little bit longer because the cycle is a 32, approximately 32 month cycle. We can feel this energy for approximately 16 months or a year and a half. And so this was a pretty powerful thing that just happened, this energetic portal that was triggering our inner Lilith energies. And interestingly enough, what is also happening in the sky right now is dark moon Lilith, the asteroid Lilith, is conjunct Venus in Scorpio. So let's take a look at these archetypes and just kind of unpack the information that we have for us here. A lot of you, I know, have been saying that you've been feeling some pretty intense energies right now. And I would say that you can look for yourself to see how this is activating in your own experience. You can look up your chart and see where Lilith is hanging out in your natal chart and where she's transiting right now. But on the mundane level, for the rest of the world, for the entire world, Lilith and Venus is conjunct in Scorpio right now. And what that means, Lilith is the dark, angry, feminine energy. She is the rejected feminine. She is the, the one that not only that we reject, but she's the one that is also a scapegoat in many ways. We project onto her as well. Uh, Venus is the goddess of love and beauty and feminine energy and the two of them hanging out together in Scorpio. Scorpio is a very intense sign all about transformation and all those other issues that we never talk about in polite company, <laughs> such as sexuality, taxes, death, <laughs> you know, all those dark, intense issues that kind of make us feel uncomfortable if we don't, you know, in, in polite society, that is. Um, so I find it really interesting that, so the Black Moon in Libra occurred on September 30th, which was kind of an energetic portal that would have all of uh, collective consciousness looking at the areas that we need to examine regarding rebalancing how we interact in the world, both men and women alike, because we're all impacted by this energy. Even though it is a feminine energy, it's a dark feminine energy, uh, we're being called to examine all of those spaces within us and how we choose to interact in the world. But I find it interesting, the synchronicity of the conjunct of Lilith, Dark Moon Lilith and Venus in Scorpio, and that it was exact on Thursday and Friday when the Trump tapes were leaked to media. Talk about blowing the hatch off of the toxic masculinity and forcing us all to talk about how to heal the wild feminine. Oh my gosh. The goddess works in amazing ways. That's all I can say. And yes, it's bringing up a lot of uncomfortable conversations. I mean, all you have to do is just check out social media. <laughs> anyway, I'll get into all of that in just a minute. But um, 
Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Very interesting to me, at least. And I hope you find it interesting, too. So last week's event activated all of this virtual windstorm of energy. Not only that, not only do we have this windstorm going on in, in terms of what the conversation is on the collective, but I mean, my gosh, we had a hurricane on the East Coast last week. And I get that the, these things did not cause the hurricane, but it's interesting enough as a synchronicity. Um, but yeah, as a society, we are being called on right now to rebalance the scales of gender inequality, of examining all the areas of toxic culture, toxic masculinity, rape culture, feminism, and sexuality, and even politics and oh my gosh it's gonna get pretty scary because this is happening in um the the venus lilith conjunct in scorpio there's they're going to be conjunct through october 17th and then traveling through scorpio for uh, probably another couple weeks so we've got it's 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 going to get pretty intense. It's going to get very deep. And, and just brace yourselves, guys and ladies, because whew, here we are. <laughs> here we are. So talking about the wild feminine, healing the wild feminine. I think, um, you know, I mentioned all of this about the goddess Lilith, but who is she really? Who is Lilith? Where do we find our information on her? I said in the last in uh, last month we were working with the goddess Melusine, the goddess of radical self care, and I mentioned how she is a misunderstood goddess. And I love working with the misunderstood goddesses because their stories are so juicy and vulnerable, and I recognize a lot of that uh, in my own experience. And I just, uh, I just, I love it. It's so juicy. So Lilith is also a very misunderstood goddess. She is ancient and her story um, actually bridges different cultures. The most common story I think is her, her Hebrew story, the one that comes to us from the Bible and the Hebrew um, holy text. But according to Brandy Auset, of she's the author of the goddess guide which is an encyclopedia of goddess correspondences and the divine feminine um in her book she shares that lilith is an ancient sumerian goddess uh she was thought to be the original queen of the heavens in sumer and over time lilith's qualities were integrated with inanna's and she became the handmaiden and constant companion of inanna she rules elemental air, wind and storms. Hey, the hurricane. <laughs> um, and she's also, according to legend, she's the one who seduces men in the temples for sexual rights. Hmm, interesting. When the Hebrew traditions began to spread throughout the Middle East, Lilith was morphed into the first wife of Adam and merged with tales of witches and demons to explain her dominant nature. So there we have it. Lilith, according to Hebrew mythology, was Adam's first wife. And I'm going to kind of focus on the Hebrew mythology here in this podcast and for a bit, because I think that it speaks to um, 
I think that it speaks to us in a, in a more recognizable fashion, uh, this particular myth. So Lilith was Adam's first wife. She was created by God out of earth in the same manner as Adam. And because of this, the two were said to be equal. But when Adam asked her to submit, Lilith was having none of it, and she left. She just left the Garden of Eden. Now, in some accounts, it's said that Adam wanted her to assume the bottom position in lovemaking. And other accounts, it's said that he demanded she just be subservient to him. So however you interpret that, Lilith thought it was unfair because God made them his equals. And so she called upon their maker for some support. And when he appeared, he frustratingly sided with Adam. So Lilith left. She left the Garden of Eden. And when God saw that Adam was lonely, he sent his angels out to go find her and call her back. But she refused. She said she had found her place in the wild and she was perfectly happy being who she was and doing what she was created to do, etc., etc. So in this story, Lilith is very independent. She was demanding what she was promised, which was dignity and equality. And when God didn't give it to her, she was not going to hang around and beg for it. Instead, she chose to leave and find her own place in the world. But so on the one hand, the story of Lilith from these Hebrew mythologies is one of feminine independence. Lilith left Adam, leaving behind the Garden of Eden and Paradise. You know, she didn't, that was not as important to her as it was to be independent and to assert her own will and to be treated as an equal. And after Lilith left the Garden of Eden, we're told in Genesis that God created a new wife, Eve from Adam's rib. So thus, woman was born of man. And this story is an example of mythic inversion. And it set the tone for how women were to be treated going forward. So in fleeing, Lilith actually has a lot to do with the story of how patriarchy was born. Because in a lot of ways, her story is the tale of the subversion of goddess culture. Now, the creation myths in the Bible could be called out as excellent examples of mythic inversion. And the surviving Lilith Hebrew mythologies are actually Midrashic explanations. Um, In other words, ancient rabbinical explanations for the discrepancies that are found throughout the holy text. And these Midrashic explanations actually set the tone for law, for how to treat, quote unquote, disobedient women. So it has a lot to do with how, um, you know, this goddess story has a lot to do with how uh, going forward in our culture, our culture being modern culture, how, quote unquote, disobedient women were supposed to be treated. They serve as not only cultural conditioning and grooming women how to be in a patriarchal culture, they also serve as warnings to women 
to not assert her rights and to um, act subservient to men and, you know, be warned that if you file for divorce, we're going to vilify you or um, she's easily replaced, you know, easily replaced by a more suitable helpmate anytime she tries to assert her rights and ask for what she's entitled to and that if she speaks up for herself she's going to be demonized and cast as the evil seductress who kills babies and robs men of their precious seed you know all of these things are they they serve as warnings to women to not be who they really are so this is also why legends sprang up around Lilith as being the cause of unexplained infant deaths or SIDS and nocturnal emissions. Lilith happened to be the tribal scapegoat onto whom all these fears were projected. And so that's one of the ways that one of the clues that we have as to how Lilith can help us work with our dark energies <clears throat> excuse me because scapegoats do have their purpose they help us work through shadows those rejected parts of ourselves that <clears throat> excuse me that we're too ashamed or fearful to deal with and so in this way as a scapegoat lilith helped Early tribes people, ancient cultures understand some pretty dark shit. And she still holds that power to help us unleash the toxicity within, to bring it to surface, to call it out, and to rid ourselves of it. But what does it mean to heal the wild feminine? What does that mean? So in listening to Lilith's story, you might recognize some of these issues in modern culture. Like I was mentioning earlier about the elections, about how the conjunction of Venus and Lilith in Scorpio has really kind of just unleashed this new conversation on us as it pertains to healing from toxic masculinity and healing the wild feminine. Um, <clears throat> We are being called to look at how predominant toxic masculinity is in our culture, that we do in fact live in a rape culture. And if ever there was an indication of how predominant that is, just take a look at this current election cycle. I'm going to take myself out of it as, you know, from my personal viewpoint, I'm just going to report here from an observer's standpoint, up above, you know, like looking down in on the election cycle that's happening right now. What we have going on in America truly reflects that Lilith energy because think about it. We have a woman running for the highest office of America, the president of the United States of America. And she probably is, if you if you look at her, her uh, life's work, her body of work, her accomplishments over the course of her lifetime, she is probably more qualified, if not the most qualified candidate in modern history running for public office. Now, this woman, as she's human and she has made some mistakes and there's some sketchy shade 
around her personality from past events and how she handled and chose to communicate about certain issues in her past. But she has 30 years of public service experience in helping people of all genders, of you know, all genders, all races. I mean, it just it it encompasses. I mean, she's she's in service to the public is what it boils down to, and she's very qualified for this position. And she's strong, and she's opinionated, and she is convict. She's she's got a sense of conviction and a strong character about her. And she's running against an entertainer who has no public service experience whatsoever. And he has consistently demonstrated his disrespect for people across the board, disrespect for women in all the ways, you know, he conducts his affairs as far as his multiple extramarital affairs, his public displays of sexism, misogyny, male aggression toward women. And by that, I do mean the Trump tapes boasting of sexual assault on a hot mic. And it's just interesting to me that looking at this from the top level, looking down, that this is actually happening. This is, people are actually supporting this person over this woman who has years of experience and qualifications. Um, it just, it kind of, it's weird. It's interesting. People are still choosing to support this man. And I actually had a few conversations on social media over the weekend with women who are saying that he's the best of the two candidates. <laughs> women are saying this. And I'm like, really? Really? How? Why? Why? And the answer that I got back was because he's a man. <laughs> and so that's my point. My point is this is the Lilith energy at work. This is Lilith energy coming in to force us to look at how we interact with each other in the world. It doesn't just impact women or just men. It's not about gender in that regard. It's about, it's about how we choose to be in this world. And so healing the wild feminine, it's not about looks either. I mean, femininity is not about looks. Let's get that clear right now. I mean, honestly, you can be, you can be a supermodel, for instance, uh, the most beautiful woman in the world with groomed, uh, you know, Botox and groomed eyebrows and perfect injected lips and all, you know, all of that stuff, but still have a wild feminine heart. It's not about any of the external materialistic things, really. What it's about is about how we interact in the world. It's about who we are and, 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 and what we came here to be, what we incarnated into this reality to be. So we're all born into systems that condition us or train us how to act in the world. And especially so in our toxic masculine culture, women are conditioned from, well, we all are conditioned from the beginning, but it seems to be an unfair playing field when it comes to the types of conditions that we place on women versus men 
And you know what? I don't even want to say that because I think that sometimes, a lot of times, men are expected to act in a certain way as well in the world. So what healing the wild feminine is really all about, it's all about finding your authentic core and letting everything flow from that. It's not about how you act in the world. It's about how you are in the world. And to quote Oprah or paraphrase Oprah, it's about letting what you do come from who you are. So that's what healing the wild feminine is about. And it's interesting to me that all of this Lilith energy is activated right now in the collective consciousness, as well as on the personal level. I'm seeing it. I'm noticing it in my personal life. A lot of synchronicities around the themes of feminism and equality, but also rejection and even some some codependent traits or tendencies. Um, lots of stuff going on there. And so I think that as we go, you know, as we continue on this journey and this thing called life over the next couple of weeks, it's going to get really intense on the, on the uh, collective level. But even on the personal level, let's take a look at how we are in this world you know, what we do, um, how we chose to come here and to be, you know, all those different things. I, I, I don't think that you'll have a problem finding those, but a couple of diary prompts that you might want to work with uh, as we continue on this journey with Lilith is, you know, first of all, how does Lilith express herself in your life? What themes and concepts from her stories do you notice in your own experience? And I think it's important to take a look too at the, the, the way that you've ever felt rejected for being authentically you. Where do you feel unsupported or isolated? Um, you know, looking at things like how do you deal with breakups or relationships? Have you abandoned yourself? Do you flee from yourself? Do you uh, get the support that you need from others or are you more of a rebel, a loner? And also, I think Lilith is the embodiment of shame. She is the personification of shame. And in a lot of ways, that's pretty scary to people. But shame is neither good nor bad. It is a healer. It, it can heal just as much as it harms. And so when we're looking at shame in that way, it requires us to take a step back and kind of see what shame is trying to tell us. What is it? How is it trying to help us? What is it protecting us from? So I guess what I'm trying to say in all of this is that these energies are pretty powerful. We've got a we've got a year and a half to work with these energies, and I suspect that it's going to be, um, it's going to get really intense over the next couple of weeks. So, let's use it. I, I think that astrology. I don't like to do predictive astrology because I think that you know we're all born with free will, and we can use the energy in whatever way it comes to us. It's neither good nor bad, but 
we're here to use it to our benefit. I like to use it in that way. And so um, right now we're being called to address these wounds, those deep, wild, feminine wounds, and to heal that wild, feminine heart. So let's take a look at it. Let's work with it while we've got it. And oh, yeah. <laughs> so I hope you like this episode of the Goddess Diaries. I just, I see that I've, I've got about a minute left here. So I'm just going to say, take a look at the blog for the show notes and you can read up on the goddess Lilith and find out more about how she, how this energy is going to impact us over the next couple of months. And next week, I'm going to talk about the three Liliths and how to find them in your astrological chart and how they um, might be impacting you in your everyday experience. So anyway, thank you for joining me today. If you haven't already, check out the blog, thegoddessdiaries.org and claim your free gifts when you sign up for the newsletter. Until next week, I love you to the moon and back. Bye.